on your part. Welcome to the On Track and Field podcast. I'm your host, JT Ayers. OnTrackandField.com. Just go there. Do yourself a favor. Maybe pause this podcast and just go to this website. They have what you need in everything regarding track and field. And I'm working with them right now. I'm trying to get um, cone and lane assignments. Like They're going to custom make these things for me. And I'm super excited about it. I'm a head coach. I want the very best for my athletes. And that's something that is really important that my athletes need. They need the best equipment so they can be the very best that they can be. They can reach their full potential on track and field partners with me. And they partner with tons of people all throughout the nation. And they'll partner with you too on track and They have what you need for track and field related items with me right now. is Lindsay Flanagan. She's an Olympic and professional distance runner, and she's had a historic, awesome, long career. Even like in 2008, she was named the Gatorade Cross Country Athlete of the Year in Illinois. She was a D1 All-American at Washington. In 2013, she won the Chicago Half Marathon. 2015, she was silver in the Pan American Games. 2017, World Championships in London. And here's the best part. She's now running the best times of her career at, I think you're 31, right? Yes. Yes, I am. That's just unfathomable. So we have to talk about that, but thank you so much for joining me. Yes. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. All right. So I'm going to ask you a question just purely out of just my own curiosity. What does a distance runner's life look like? That's a professional (laughs) distance runner. Like how, what does that even look like your day-to-day kind of going out routine and training and eating and all that stuff? Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of funny. It's, you know, I feel like it does fit into like the nine to five hours. It's just a little bit different how we kind of approach it, but I normally run twice a day, every day. So normally get up around, you know, seven, seven thirty, maybe a little bit early in the summer because I'm in Boulder and it's, it's so hot here. So sometimes gotta get out a bit earlier, but normally we'll do my first run around probably nine o'clock. Um, and that's normally, you know, it could be a a harder session or just like a lot of days. It's also just easy volume. And I live in such a great place. It's like always on a different trail. Like a lot of times I get to meet up with, you know, friends to run. It's a really cool community here because there are so many runners and just everyone takes, you know, their exercise very seriously. So there's, you never feel alone in a place like this. Like there's always people around. So we'll finish up that run. Um, come home, uh, kind of, you immediately kind of start the recovery, you know, just like get some food, relax. I also do some online coaching. So I'll spend, you know, maybe an hour or two doing that. Um, and then I have the luxury that I get to take, you know, a nap every afternoon, which (laughs) is, is funny, but it's, you know, it's, it's important to the recovery process. So normally, you know, take a nap from like one to, to two, kind of get up and and start the day all over again. I'll I'll hop in the the Norma Tech boots for a little bit, and then I'll normally head out for um, a second run around uh, like four thirty or so. Now you've been in Illinois as a high school athlete. You went to Washington, and now you're in Boulder. I mean, is I'm going to ask a dumb question here. Altitude's a big deal, right? I mean, what do you do in the winter time in Boulder? I mean, that's altitude great, but you can't train when it's negative twenty. Well, it's funny. I'm from Chicago. So I feel like I, I actually don't mind training in the colds. Like it's actually the heat that I really, 
really despise, but it's great in Boulder. They, they plow the, you know, the bike paths and the roads before they are like the bike lane before they even plow like the roads for the cars. So they like, they understand how serious everyone is about like getting in there, you know, exercise. So here it's, it's not terrible. We do get snow, but they plow it really quick. And we did have a kind of a cold winter uh, this year, but I feel like normally the lowest it'll get is like 25 degrees or so, which really when you're up here and it's not like that humid air, it's, it's really not that bad. How important is it to you to have a training or running buddy? I mean, is that something that you always kind of really want? And sometimes you don't have, I mean, that's not something you always look for. I know, you know, a lot of people that are go out and jog, like they, especially at a high, high level, they need it. They need that community to do it with and push mm-hmm. each other and, and speak to you, especially in the easy days. Right. Yeah. A lot of the harder sessions, you know, I end up doing by myself, but like normally the easy days, always meeting up with, you know, a friend or, or someone and, and running is such a social sport. And I think that's like any level you're at, like, it's just, it's something fun. And like when you're with other people, it's just more enjoyable. So normally try and do that, you know, as often as possible, just because it, it just makes it, you know, it goes by fast and you're like, oh, wow, that was, you know, a, a good hour that, you know, flew by. Cause I was with someone else. When you look at your career from high school to now, I mean, that is a long, long career. And you know what? Mm. And if I can just pause and say, like, that's amazing. Like what you're doing is amazing. And it needs to be noted that that's incredible. So with that said, where have you seen, I know you're also now, you know, primarily a more of a marathoner where in high Mm -hmm. school, you weren't doing as many miles. And now that you're like getting older, you're paying attention to your body in different ways. What does the mileage look like from year to year to year? And when you look back at even college, which Washington's an incredible D1, you know, now still Pac-12, but they're historically a great distance school as well. You know, what have you learned about yourself and the mileage and what you can do and not do? And, you know, what are some of those takeaways? Yeah, I think, you know, I look all the way back to high school and I was probably running, you know, maybe 30 to 40, 40 miles a week might've been like the most at the end of, you know, my senior year. And and that felt like a lot at the time. And then when I went to Washington, you know, slowly added a little bit more volume. Like I think freshman year, I was probably at, you know, 65, 70 miles. And by the time I got to my, my fifth year was probably, you know, closer to like the 80 mile mark, which at the time was this like huge, like, Oh, I can't run more than, than 80 miles. And then of course graduated and kind of started doing longer distance And now, you know, I run, you know, 120 miles in my marathon buildups, but I think that it took a lot of patience and like gradually adding that and never just like making like a huge jump. um, Because I think that's where you see a lot of, you know, injuries or setbacks when you kind of try and do too much too soon. So I think it's been like a very gradual build, but now I feel like I'm at this point where I've run so many marathons and, you know, now I'm very used to the training that that that's not, you know, too crazy anymore. Well, that's, and this might be a controversial question, but that's super not normal around here. Like 30 <laughs> miles. I mean, we, we're seeing girls in the high 60s to 80s at high school. And I know a lot of coaches have commentary about that stunts their growth and it hurts them. And, and also maybe, and I'm just speculating, maybe that's why your career has been so long is because you did gradually, maybe your high school coach was wise enough and your college coach was wise enough not to you know, overdo the load. Do you think that has something to do with it? Do you have any, like, by the way, you're the expert, not me. Do you have any commentary about coaching at a young age and, and watching runners progress throughout their rest of their lives? And because running is a lifetime sport, it means something they can do for the rest of their lives. Maybe not pro, but they can mm-hmm. do it. 
So, I mean, I mean, am I missing something with how coaches are coaching at a low level at a, at a youth level? No, I mean, I look back and I mean, obviously I was in high school a long time ago, but that was, that was a lot of time, like 40 miles, you know, that was huge. And you're like, oh, wow, I'm doing a ton. And now I kind of look at, you know, I just feel like training has evolved a little bit. And like, I see how the, the girls train now and at the high school level. And it's, um, I feel like, you know, it's, it's quite a lot more, like you said, you know, it is around that, you know, 60 miles, but if they can handle it and they're like balancing it, you know, well with their lives. then I think that's the most important part. Like if it ever becomes too much and you're like stressed out and in pain, like, I think that's a good sign that you back off. But I think what I've learned, um, kind of most through all this is like, you have to listen to your body and like, you can't just do something just because someone else is doing it. You're like, Oh, but, but they're doing it and it's really good. And and I, I want to be as good as them, but you're like, Oh no, take a step back. Like I have to do what's right for me. Cause we're all, you know, not the same athletes. Now, how'd you know you wanted to go pro? I mean, mm-hmm. why not just graduate college and then be a successful runner at these fun five K's and 10 K's and whatever, you know, how come you, how come you decided going pro was going to be something that was good for you? Yeah. Well, I ran the 10 K in uh, college. Obviously that's the longest you could go. And it was one of those things where I was like, man, you know, if the race was just a little bit longer, you know, I feel like I could do a lot better. Like, you know, I, I feel like I have more in me. So I, um, you know, got this great opportunity after college to, you know, move out to DC and, and start and be part of a professional team that was focused a little bit more on road racing, like longer distances. And I was like, Oh, you know, I'll give this a try. Like, let's see how this goes. And so then kind of moved to uh, longer distances and pretty quickly found like, Oh, wow. You know, the longer the distance, like I am actually kind of getting better. So then, um, kind of did that and it never looked back. And of course I've been back on the track a little bit, but, uh, mostly it's been roads and, um, I'm lucky that I've kind of got these cool opportunities, uh, since college. And you ran two, two hours and 24 minutes and 43 seconds in a marathon. I mean, I just said that stat and any dude listening to this is going to be straight, like totally humbled. I mean, that's incredible. <laughs> and that, it was pretty cool. I actually was looking on stats online about you and like, that was, that was like, I was a record at the time for that place. And there's all these cool things. And you did that in 2022, correct? I mean, that's just around the corner. I mean, this is, how are you able to be at and running at such a high level at, I mean, to be honest, you've been running pro for a long time. Why are you now seeing such good results. Yeah, it's funny. That race was actually, it was only last month. Uh, it was in July. So super recent. Um, and I think just being patient with it, it was one of those things where I had been like putting all this work for so long. And then you get to these marathons and, you know, you can only do, you know, two marathons normally a year. So you kind of get to these marathons and you hope everything like comes together on the day. But I've just had a lot of races that were like hot or maybe just like didn't pan out the way I wanted to. So I had all this fitness kind of built up. And then finally, um, it was le- uh, just last month in July, you know, got the opportunity to run in Australia at the Gold Coast Marathon. And it was just one of those days where like the weather cooperated, I felt good and everything came together. And I finally kind of got like made that breakthrough and got like a pretty big PR that day. What's a, what's a marathon race plan even look like? I mean, what is that? <laughs> Are you trying to hit certain paces by certain miles? I mean, what is that? Can you walk me through a marathon race plan? Because I have no clue. Yeah, well, it's kind of, it's a little bit different based on the the race that you're running, but this last race I did, uh, it was more, we were like there to try and like go for the win and run a fast time. So they actually had pacers uh, for us. They had a couple of different groups. So 
I had decided with my coach ahead of time, kind of on the pace we were going to go out in and, and kind of maintain that as long as possible. So sometimes we'll have races like that, but then there's other races like the world marathon majors, like, you know, a Boston or a New York that are way more about just like competing and placing really high. So a lot of that is just, you know, being able to cover moves like in the field and you're not so focused on a pace. You're more just focused on like maintaining a good position and being smart because, you know, if people go out really fast, you know, you sometimes you have to really listen to your body and be like, oh, is this a good idea? Like, am I going to be able to maintain this? Because the whole point is to place really high. So those I think are actually a little bit more fun because it's, it's not so much about the time. It's just about like how things kind of pan out. And it's so unpredictable, the marathon, because it's, you know, over two hours of running that anything can kind of happen when you're out there. Do you have a favorite race that you're like, oh, I mean, like Boston is it or, well, maybe it's the Australian ones now because you ran so good there. <laughs> Do you have one you look forward to every single year? And you're like, I'm going to train for that. That one is my, that one's the one I really want to get to. Yeah, well, I've done, I've done 14 marathons and only a couple of them have been the same, but um, I'm from Chicago. So I ran Chicago marathon for the first time in 2019. And that was such a cool experience. Like whole family was out there. They were like taking the L around the city. They saw me, you know, like 10 different times, which is so cool. Like how many times are you running in your hometown and like people on the sidelines are like, Oh, she went to high school here. And I'm like, Oh, I did. And that's funny that you, you remember that. So that was pretty cool. And then, and Boston is just so epic. And I've done that one twice as well. And I think that like you're, you, the, the crowds are just like deafening the entire time. So the, I think the energy and the environment have a lot to do with like how fun the race is. And, and those two kind of stand out in my mind. And 2013, you won the Chicago half marathon. I mean, what was that parade? Like when they, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but that must have been pretty, pretty exciting. So how do you go find races? Like, how do you find the ones that are worth it? Does it have to do with your training schedule or do you and your coach circle dates on a calendar and then go, okay, we're moving to that one. And then we'll do that one. And then we'll, you know, cycle down and then try to get ourselves healthy again. And then we'll start moving for that. How do you find races that are worth it? And is there a certain amount you're trying to run? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So normally we'll have like two or three, like really big goal races a year. And those are typically marathons. And then, like you said, you kind of work backwards and you're like, okay, I want to race like two or three times in the buildup just to like see where my fitness is, like compete and like stay sharp. So then you kind of work backwards and you like fit those races in. And, and I like to run races that are really competitive. I think that's, you know, the most fun. And, and you normally end up running your best when you're like competing with other people and you're not so much obsessed about the time. So I think, uh, yeah, kind of pick the races, work backwards. And then I just kind of pick the ones that, you know, are, are most exciting to me. And, and this year I, that was, that was Paris. That was Gold Coast. I'm running New York City in um, November. So I feel very lucky that I've got to do all these like epic races this year. Do you ever just go find some like little mom and pa marathon and you're like, I'm just going to go slay this thing. And, and everyone's gonna be like, what <laughs> is this? And you'll take that $2,000 prize money and just walk out. And it was just like a tempo run for you. It was super easy. <laughs> I, you don't have to answer yeah, this, we, but that's what I would do. I feel like you're a superhero and it'd be fun just to go mess with mortals. <laughs> Although we do, uh, sometimes I do just pick like really low key races. It just kind of depends on what you want out of it. And, and those races are a lot of fun because it brings you back to like, it might not have a huge pro field, but like, you know, everyone there is still there, like chasing a goal. And I think it's refreshing when sometimes you go back to those like smaller races and you just kind of like, wow, this is such a fun sport that it's so inclusive. And it doesn't matter how many pros are here. Like it can still be like a cool environment for everybody. 
Yeah. You can just go embarrass all those weekend warriors. Like just, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, you can try to keep up with me. Um, what have been some of the biggest surprises of your career, good and or bad since, I mean, even 2008, when you're running at such a high level, again, 30 miles a week, just blows my mind, but you were, what have been some of those surprises along the way, um, that you look back on and you're like, wow, like I never would have experienced or even anticipated something like that. Yeah. I think I've just got to travel to so many cool places to race. And, and that's something, you know, you graduate and you're, you know, 23 years old and I didn't really know how long I was going to be doing this for. So I'm like, wow, I'm like 31 and I'm, you know, still running well and and enjoying this. And I just kind of look back and I'm like, wow, it's just surprising. Like how many cool places I've, I've gotten to go and really how many people I've like met, you know, along the way, I feel like the running community is like so small that, um, you get to like know everyone really well. And it's, it is such a cool, you know, sport, like you'll be in another country racing and you're like, Oh, I feel like I, I know this person. Like I know their name. We've never officially met. So then like you finally meet and you're just like, wow, this sport is like really cool that it's small. And, you know, eventually we all kind of end up at similar races and that could be here, Europe, Australia, just kind of everywhere. That's really cool. It's cool to hear that. I mean, do you ever get used to traveling, especially internationally, and then having to race? I mean, do you get used to that? I've gotten better at it. Um, when I first kind of, my first trip, I think abroad was probably 2016 when I did Frankfurt Marathon. And I think that I did struggle with like the jet lag and you're just younger. So you oh, stress yeah. out about a lot of things, but, but now not so much. It's like, you just kind of learn to just like roll with it. And you're like, okay, the fitness is there. I just need to rest when I get there and I'm going to be fine. I'm going over to, uh, to Denmark in uh, two weeks to race um, a half marathon. So I feel like I had now I have a lot of, you know, international experience that uh, you're not really rattled by like any of the craziness that kind of happens. Comes with experience um, for sure. So when you're talking about all these different things about your shoe running in your career, um, the one thing that, and you and I actually got connected this way was with the United States track and field foundation. Um, we had a mutual connection. I met someone at world champs. She introduced me with you via email. What is the USATF foundation and why are they someone that you support and are supported by? Yeah, they're an incredible foundation that honestly supports so many, uh, USA track and field athletes. And, you know, this sport is like very hard. It's very demanding. And, you know, sometimes, you know, financially it's, it's hard to, you know, make ends meet and the foundation is incredible. I mean, they provide, um, recently they just provided me with a grant that goes like helps me to go to training camps and like afford going to these different altitude stints, different places and, and helps with like getting physio expenses and like all of these things that are required to stay healthy and be on the top of your game. So they're really invested, um, in us, which is, which is so cool. And I'm just incredibly appreciative for, you know, the grant and for them, honestly, believing in me and and thinking that I can keep doing this for a while and investing in me. Well, if anybody's listening to this podcast right now, there's, they're thinking the same thing I am. You're worth it. You are running at a high level. You're doing a good job. You're an ambassador for the sport marathons. And my gosh, are you ever going to do an ultra marathon? Is there any purpose to that (laughs) besides just like destroying your whole body? People have asked me that. And I, I think maybe 50 K would be where I would call it. That's like 31, but I don't know those hundreds. Um, I don't know if that's for me. I'm like, you know, the marathon seems far enough, but I'll never say never, you never know what could happen down the road. And if it's something like that excites me, then maybe one day we'll kind of check it off. Well, we're fans of you. It only took me 19 and a half minutes to become a huge fan of, uh, Lindsay Flanagan. So where can we find more about you 
uh, is a social media, where in social media, I mean, if we're fans of you, we want to be uh, up to date, especially what's in two weeks, Denmark, I, we want to know. So can you kind of give us the details about where to find you on social media? Yes, I think um, Instagram, I'm Al Flanagan, uh, 242, and then Twitter, Al Flanagan, uh, too. You can follow me on there. And I normally will post like a race update or or something or kind of a race recap after um, I'm done. And uh, yeah, you also can check me out at the, the New York City Marathon on November 6th, which is going to be pretty epic. They have like a very, very fast field. So it's that's going to be a fun one. Well, we wish you all the luck and um, continue to do what you're doing and you're doing a great job. And thank you for coming on the podcast with me. And I just want to make sure I mention that this podcast is brought to you by On Track and Field and RelayBatons.com. Stick around until after this podcast, Steve, the CEO of both the companies, he will tell you how to get in contact with them on social media. And you know what? I just have to, I have to say it. The one thing that uh, Steve's not good at, running long distance. So uh, Steve, take it away. Yeah, that's pretty accurate, JT. But our guest, very good at running distance. Thanks to Lindsey Flanagan for joining us on this week's On Track and Field podcast. The On Track and Field podcast is powered by RelayBatons.com. Custom engraved meat and competition legal relay batons and water bottles and tumblers. The perfect way to keep your team hydrated during these dog days of summer. And by OnTrackAndField.com. Everything the athlete, coach, and parent needs for a successful cross-country and track season. And save 15% on your entire order. When you use the word track talk at checkout and don't forget to follow us on our socials at on track, the letter N field at on track and field on Twitter and the gram.